Welcome, friends, to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. Awakening the Heart of Gifted with Jared Dupree. I have the most cool guest you will ever imagine. So get your coffee or your tea and get ready for this episode. Jared, I met Jared on um, in North Carolina as a mutual friend, and we went hiking on waterfalls and things, and I love waterfalls. And as I got to know Jared, I'm like, oh my God, you're like the perfect person to be on my podcast. Then I read Jared's bio. I didn't know his bio. I didn't even know his last name that day. And Jared is not only well-educated in the fields of psychology, and he also has an MBA. So we have a gifted, intelligent person who's a man who's also spiritually gifted. So we are going to have a blast talking about awakening your heart, opening your heart, and bringing the heart and mind together so they can work together instead of being so siloed that we as gifted people suffer. Because as you all know, my belief is we are here to change the world. So how are we going to do it in an effective and meaningful way? So Jared, I'm sure, has some great insights for us. So welcome to the show, Jared. Thanks for coming on to Someone Gets Me. Yeah, I'm so excited. I had such a fun time hanging out with waterfalls and then realizing, oh my gosh, this is my twin. That was so wild. Um, and so I want to start off a little bit with the first thing that I'm curious about having now that I know you a little bit and I've read your bio is you speak in your bio about experiencing a shift after being a professor and a counselor for 15 years and you shifted. Will you share a little bit about what that experience was like? Yeah. Yeah. So I had been counseling, yeah, for about 15 years and for anyone that knows that world or coaching or healing work or anything like that, you know, what's always on your mind is, you know, what actually impacts us? How do we actually change if we want to change or heal and all those things? And I kind of gotten to a point in my career where I was a little cynical, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I was like, this doesn't feel like what I actually wanted to do. Um, it doesn't feel like it's working the way I want it to work. You know, all these things that we can't control. And I, I was getting kind of sick of psychology, to be honest, and all the counseling conferences and, and all the methods and theories. And I can speak that up and down. And I was in the, you know, academic publisher parish game, too. And I was I, I remember talking to a colleague and saying, you know, we're just all talking to our own belly buttons. <laughs> we're just talking to ourselves. And, you know, what, what is this? It's like a game. And I was just really cynical. So I decided to take a personal retreat up in Oregon. And just to get away from it all, I wanted to get into the forest, wanted to cut off all cell phone. Um, yeah, just be with me and, and earth and spirit and, and just kind of reevaluate where I'm at. 
and I'm super into mountain biking. So one of my bucket list trails was up there. This is the number one trail in the country, McKenzie River Trail. If anyone is into mountain biking, that's the trail to go try for sure. And I, it's a 30 mile bike ride. It takes all day and it goes through three or four different climate zones. And by the time I was done, I was wasted. And it was almost like fasting. You know, it's almost like being in this sauna of Mother Earth and, and not eating very much all day. And so my, my body was clear, my physical body. I just mountain biked. I was in beautiful country, also riding by waterfalls and like bright blue waters. It was just beautiful. And I was trying to find a place to stay that night. And I ended up finding this place called Brighton Bush. Brightbush is, is an ancient um, set of hot springs that, that you, you can go there and get kind of farm to fork food and, and partake in hot springs. And I thought, well, I might as well. So I go there and I'm sitting there in the middle of the night watching the stars. And I, I realize there's someone else there. It's like pitch black in this hot spring. And someone says, hello. And I'm like, what's going on? I didn't know someone was here. And it's a, it's a, a basically a shaman woman. Um, she introduces herself. Her name's Lisa, and uh, we just started talking really easily, naturally. And then she started going into all these topics I'd really never considered that much. Um, and I felt myself opening, being in the hot springs of that water, and and talking about some of these areas. Um, I can get more specific what those are, but it, it just started to open up something inside me. The next day I wake up and I would describe it as the Kundalini awakening type of feel. All, all of a sudden I'm just blissed out um, and there's energy going up and down my spine and my whole body and it's not stopping. And I finish my trip, fly on the plane. I'm still experiencing it. I get home, I come to Anna, my partner, and she can see there's something different about me and it scares her. It like actually scares her. And it all of a sudden, this new plane of existence opened up for me and it wasn't new, actually. It was something that I experienced in childhood I'd forgotten. And all of a sudden I remembered and I realized, oh, for 30 plus years, I kind of turned off with little flares of it here and there. But then once it kind of just fully opened, I'm like, okay, I'm all in, I'm all in. And from that point, that led me to actually traveling the world, learning from different medicine men, women, gurus, different disciplines, uh, you know, traditional, non-traditional, Eastern, Western, all of it. But with this um, idea that there's much more beyond what I was taught in school. And a lot of it was in the body. A lot of it was in the soul. A lot of it was through energy practices. And I realized, oh my goodness, you know, if I really look at it, psychology and that type of thing has only been around 150 years. It's pretty new. And the language that we use in that world, uh, you know, we're kind of narcissistic, to be honest. We have an ego about it. 
And we think we know a lot of things, but some of these models or frameworks or disciplines or ways of doing it have been around for five, 6,000 years. And it's, it's not something that's just haphazard or simple. It's actually a lot of depth and a lot of thought and, and a lot of, if you want to have the word evidence-based put in there, there is evidence. Um, and so I shifted and I actually started coaching more, and I don't like that word, honestly, to be honest, but that's the word people use, but um, really just integrating these Eastern Western traditional, non-traditional ideas and ways into my work with clients and became a little mini laboratory. And then I started doing that in academia, teaching that, and then training other providers to do that too. So I know that's kind of a long story, but it, it, the cool thing for me was I didn't throw out the Western. I realized that there was, uh, that's a language that people use. Um, I was still in academia, but I gained so much, um, and I still do, from learning from all these other methods. And being able to have the translation, the language to bring the two together, whether I was speaking at Mayo Clinic, I've done that before training surgeons out there, or speaking to a group of shamans in Mexico or something, you know, I can, I can speak to both. And that's, that's really fun. I'm at a place now in my life where that awakening brings me a lot of satisfaction and joy. So that's kind of the cliff notes version in sort of a long way. <laughs> that's really great because you're, what you're talking about is a spiritual gift of translation where we could bridge all the different language sets together. And that to me is where the power is because yeah. if we meet somebody where they are and we can speak the medical model or Western tradition or psychology or this or that, but we also can speak to the higher realms, whatever that might be, or the more inner realms, whatever, however we want to look at it, then that allows us to translate and bridge and be in my mind, even a stronger conduit. Absolutely. And it was helpful for me too, because I had a, translate for myself like how, mm -hmm. how does this fit in my paradigm and instead of using my mind which i've been using you know for 20 years academically and scientifically and all that and not to throw out the mind either but i was using my heart and my body because i discovered they're actually better compasses they they they, they work better for discernment and actually understanding what's going to work for you or whoever and that was a big part of my awakening was letting go of giving so much power to my mind. Yes. And still accessing mind. But traditionally, the mind, if you really look at it, it's used to gather information. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, it's used, but in terms of making decisions and things like that, there's a reason people said go with your gut or follow your heart. You know, for thousands of years, people use those sayings. And there's, there's a lot of truth to that. Yes, it's just not a trite saying. It's like real. <laughs> it's real. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you handle it when somebody runs into you and they like totally don't get it? Like, <laughs> where, you know, that's what the name of the podcast is. Someone gets me. But like, it's kind of like, well, like when we met each other and and you were doing my human design, you're like, oh, my God, there's another one, you know, six, three. Blah, blah. And it was like that someone gets me on a level that we didn't even know was going to happen. But how do you handle right. when somebody runs into you and they're like, 
well, you're not fitting into their their thing and they they don't get you or even misunderstand you. Like, what is your strategy? Because we as gifted people get misunderstood all the time. But how do you handle it? Yeah, you know, in the past, it's a good question, actually, because it's something that I have evolved with. Um, you know, as a counselor in the past, you're always wanting to create these comfortable spaces for people. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, it's, it's, it's accommodating to others. And so I'm going to tell you my old way and my current way. My old way was um, kind of coddling the situation to where there's the least amount of conflict or distress or awkwardness so that I create that comfortable container like I would do in a counseling session, uh, meeting people where you're at idea. And I, you know, I still think that can be useful from a provider perspective. So you don't like flood someone and they, they, you know, they can still be there. But from, from me being a human being and running into someone and they're not my client, I really don't see that any way anymore. I see me as a human to a human now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've decided not to back down on who I am. And honestly, what it's done is a couple of things. It definitely weeds people out. <laughs> right? Self-sorted uh, universe. <laughs> yeah. So either people will get super triggered by who I am or, or love it. And that's okay. That's one thing I recognize is why, why should I play small or not be who I am and share my gift? Because that's the part to play I have on this planet. And that's right. for anyone that's gifted. There's a reason it's called gifted. It's a gift. And if you aren't opening the gift and sharing it, in some ways, I mean, I know it comes from fear, anxiety, or other things, but we're not actually living in that art-centered, authentic place. And that's where I've come to the conclusion that I don't have to worry about these things anymore. I don't, if someone misunderstands me, this or that, it's not my job to make them to understand. If they want to understand me they can ask questions and i'm super open to that i definitely create that space if they have anxiety or emotional response that's not my work to help them feel better that's that's their experience and it's not wrong it's not bad but it's theirs mine is mine and what it's led to is some beautiful beautiful connections because i was myself and it's also led to some beautiful beautiful boundaries that allow me to flourish um, in a very nourished and taken care of way. And so how do I handle it? I try to stay in my heart and be me. Right, so you stay in your alignment and your integrity coming from your heart space and allow the universe to kind of maneuver around you, whatever that might look like. Exactly. So many gifted people um, accommodate, so many gifted people don't want to ruffle feathers, they don't want to um, be too, quote, out there. And I felt that way for many years. My own opinion on it and suggestion is let that all go. <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can release the old trance. We could come out of that trance. <laughs> Embrace it. Celebrate it. Right. Move forward. Okay. So you're a father and you have gifted children. Yes. And... I would like you to speak a little bit to the parents out here, because there's a lot of parents that listen to this show and 
they're always asking me and wondering and and wanting information about as a, as a gifted parent and gifted kids coming up with all of these emotional and spiritual intensities like awareness and intuition and tuned in almost on a different level and right. what are some maybe suggestions or tips or questions or however it comes out of you is fine that you would want to say to the parents on how to support their children's journey because i don't think the culture yet supports it too much in some places it does and you're a dad so a lot of times it's the mom doing all the, all that and I'm like, well, what do you think from a father perspective, holding your own sovereignty to teach your children to do that? What are some things people can pay attention to? Yeah, I love that question, too. So I have four children. My oldest is actually getting married in like a month. That's crazy to me. <laughs> um, and my youngest is nine. I have three girls, one boy. Um, they're all very gifted in different ways. Um, all of them are empathic. They feel people's emotions and energies very easily. And I know a lot of parents out there will understand this, but we have a lot of experiences throughout the years of dealing with teachers and feeling sensitive or, or crying at school, not knowing why. Um, also getting overwhelmed from sen uh, sensory overload. And, um, and then the, a, a couple of my children, you know, feeling the, the spiritual um guides and and entities and all these things that you know it's the whole sixth sense as he did people type of a thing right and that was very real and that actually our second oldest um had that significantly um and that's honestly what led us to look into some of that before my awakening which which was good um but to go to your question, I wanted to share that just to help you understand where what, what we experience as parents. But I love my kids. And I discovered that just as much as I embrace and celebrate me, I want to embrace and celebrate them. And, you know, there's so many. I'm a marriage and family therapist. That's what my main area of counseling was. Mm -hmm. So there's tons of models of discipline and parenting out there. I've met most of them personally that have developed them. Um, I look at it very differently. Uh, you know, if you're familiar with Mahai Chiksit Mahai's theory of flow and psychological flow, mm -hmm. and the idea is you're getting into the zone. It's this, it's this moment where everything's clicking. You're, you're motivated. Your time's passing rapidly. You uh, have high levels of enjoyment. And what I discovered in my parenting with my children is I want to find that because the whole world is telling them to be like us you're different you know you need to get back into this box um and there's anxieties and rules and boxes and all these things and it's real easy to buy into that and i was like screw that i'm going to actually access their heart and and my biggest advice for for this is find out what lights them up and support that oh that's great that that is really amazing. In fact, I did an interview recently with with um, Chuck Kentis, and he's a, a dad of two gifted boys and they're adults now. And one of the things he talked about was the joy it brought him when his boys, I think they were like in high school at the time, when they found 
what lit him up musically. He, he is a music professional and one of them does video and the other one is in the music world. And so when he goes, I played him a song and I felt it light up. I saw it in them and then yeah. he kept nurturing it connected to it. And, and that's what you're reminding me of is, is that allowing ourselves to be connected in that, in that way and allowing the, the children to light up because we light up with them. Like it's, I think it's, yeah. all I think it's all together. So I have another really good question for you because you are a psychologist and you're gifted and you also have all these other things going on that are non-verbal, right. that are non-linear. Right. Um, it's often reported that people feel like there's like this um, steel trap around their brain. It can't get out of their brain or their heart's totally closed up. And you, your company is called What Awaken Your Heart. Whole heart Awaken. Yeah. Okay. Whole Heart Awaken. And how do we do that? What are, what are, where does somebody start? Like if somebody's listening to us and they're going, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm not going to go ride that trail. I'm not going to go do all that. And I, I want to have, I want to come out of my head. I want to stop being a prisoner that they can feel the disconnect, but don't know what to do. Where do they start? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And this is what I do a lot of people with a lot of people in our client work and experiences and things like that. And what first step is try to get out of your head as much as possible. You're not going to be able to analyze it to death, and figure it out, problem solve. Um, so if you can really learn how to sink into your body first and really pay attention to what's going on in your body and be body aware, uh, the, the body awareness can slowly become your best compass. And there's ways to do that. Um, through mindfulness, meditation, effort. And I know those are all things that people hear all the time, but there really is something about being able to come into your body and start to trust what your body says. And part of that is learning what your body is saying. You know, first of all, you, you know, we were talking about this right before we got on is, you know, we both had some rough nights of sleep a little bit, you know, something's going on, you're feeling something in your heart. That's a good example. Um, there's plenty of research on this and also esoteric resources of if I feel a certain pressure or this or that in my heart or my knee or my stomach or my liver area, my spleen or my throat or my head, those actually have really significant meanings. And the body doesn't lie. It doesn't lie. Our minds play all these tricks and there's all these games, but the body doesn't do that. It just does what it does. And so first is paying attention to your body, then learning what it means. So for example, people have a lot of stuff in their heart area or their chest. It's almost always grief or sadness, almost always, not necessarily, but always, almost always. Liver is a lot of anger, spleen and pancreas is usually worry or anxiety. Knees is usually about having too much um, responsibility or pressure. Same as shoulders, lots of pressure. You know, neck, thyroid, all that is not being in your voice. In your head is getting too much in your head. If you have a lot of migraines and pressure here, you're trying to figure it all out. You're not letting things flow and actually move. And so, as you get to know what your body says and you listen to it, then you respond to it. And then your body starts to trust you. 
because it's trying to talk to you. It's trying to tell you things. And if we actually listen and respond, then over time you develop this really um, heart-based relationship with your body. Why is it heart-based? Well, the heart and also the pineal gland and actually our DNA, by the way, <laughs> um, is the point where mind, body, and spirit come together. And so what, what it means by being heart-based to me is actually integrated. It's listening to our body, our emotions, our mind, all from the perspective of our soul, our energetic self, that heart space, whatever you want to call it. Right. And the thoughts gather information, the emotions offer flavor, the body um, lets us know what's really happening, and then the heart helps us make a decision and discern. And that's the final step. Listen to the body, understanding what it means, actually trusting it, and then using your heart, not your thoughts, not your emotions, your soul, your energetic self mm -hmm. to make the decision and then go forward with it. If you can practice doing that, you're light years ahead. Oh, that's wonderful. And that's very specific. So what about the, the people who are listening to you and they're going, oh, my God, I'm doing it all wrong. I'm using that <laughs> all the time or what? I'm supposed to do it that way. Like they're just like that sinking feeling of I'm gifted and I have screwed it all up, <laughs> you know, or, uh, you know, what would you say to those people? <laughs> well, first of all, I'd say you're not screwing it up. There's no way to screw it up. It's all perfect. I don't, I don't, that's part of the story that's on this planet is that we have these hierarchical, you know, better, worse. We live in school systems that have A, Bs, and Cs. We have corporate ladders that have juniors and senior executives. We live in this um, world of, of, of polarity that, where there's, there's better and worse and vision. And the reality is all part of that Maya illusion. It doesn't exist. And so anything that you do is perfect. It really is. And the reason it's perfect is whatever path that you've been laid in the past and you're presently in is exactly what you need. It's exactly what you need. It's a trust in the universe. And so you're not screwing it up. And if you have some new insight or understanding of blank of this, maybe from this podcast or something else, beautiful. Yeah, give it a try. Doesn't mean it was bad in the past. I'm trying to take that language out. Yeah. We can get real hard on ourselves. You know, one of the biggest lies out there is that based on what we do, it, it, it impacts our worthiness and the amount of love that we deserve. And that's conditioned love. I believe in unconditional love. There's nothing you can do that makes you less worthy or more worthy because you're 100% there already. And that's, that's sometimes hard to swallow because all the messages we get in, in society, but that's part of what I believe. And, and I invite others to, to feel into that too. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And that's, it's so true in my experience. It's, it's like um, that I have this, I go, I help run a, an emotional support group on Fridays and there's one guy in there, he's hysterical and he always goes, and I'm going to love each and every one of you, love each and every one of you. And there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. You know, it, it was just like, and it, everybody, because it's a Zoom meeting, so everybody's face just lights up because he's reflecting that back to them, you know, and in that way. And it's really beautiful. You just reminded me of him. He's a really cool yeah. guy. So everybody, you're listening to Jared Dupree, and I'm sure you're really loving what he's saying. And or you're thinking, 
I don't want to know more or I have questions or whatever. So in the show notes, you will find all the ways to follow him on social media and his website. So he does work with people, right, virtually in person if you're in Western North Carolina or going through that area and on the phone. So if you want to contact him and work with him, check out his information in the show notes because you will be very glad you followed through if your heart says to do it. Mm, thank you. And um, so I have a few more questions, but I just wanted to fit that in there because sometimes people don't realize that um, that they're, that you're, you're real and there's a thing around what you do that you're building this really amazing thing. And I'm like, okay, I want people to understand that, that it's just not some ethereal conversation, that this is very grounded while being yeah. very aware at the same time. So tell me a little bit, or you might want to also frame this in letting everyone know a little bit about your current work, like what you're doing now, but how does this current work that you're doing, what's your hope for how it's going to impact our society? Yeah, I love that question too. Um, so I'm hoping that people will learn how to experience bliss more, to be honest. <laughs> That's at the core of it. You know, we, we live in an angsty world. There's lots going on. You know, there's COVID, there's economy, there's presidential elections, there's, there's all this stuff. And, and it's, it's not wrong or bad, but it's just one piece of the pie, you know. And, and I really have found that the truest healing ball, the greatest way to get over trauma, anxiety, uh, depression, uh, relational conflict, all these things that I've worked 20, 25 years on, thousands of people, literally. Um, the greatest, the greatest way to address that is learning how to love yourself and others by having a blissful, loving life. And so my hope is that not to take away from those people doing the difficult in the trenches work. I've been there. I've done that. I like to create experiences, whether that's one-on-one or in a group or retreat or a workshop to where you can be yourself, have a lot of fun, tap into your bliss and joy, experience what life has to offer through nature, through people, through connection, and allow that just to, just to flood you. And as that floods you, it heals. Yes. It reminds you of why we're here. And it gives such a, a greater expansion to yourself in life. I want to give everyone just to devour life. That's yeah. my hope. The permission to devour life. I love that phrase. <laughs> so I've asked a lot of questions and I could ask questions of you for like ever. I love talking with you. It's just a blast. Is there something on your heart that you would like to share with everybody about all of these things that we're talking about, because it's, you know, I see our human evolution personally and collectively is just this multifaceted, all kinds of things going on, but yet it's also pretty simple. We make it harder than it needs to be. So what are, what's some of your wisdom? Is there anything that your heart wants to say? Yeah. Yeah. Let me sink into that. Um, and this is actually how I do it. This is how I, I listen to my heart. I want to sink into it. Um, yeah, I think what's coming up for me is don't get too caught up in the method or the framework or the theory or the tool 
or the guru or the teacher or the mentor or the coach or the counselor. They're all helpful, right? I'm sure. But in the end, kind of like you're suggesting, your heart is your greatest compass. And it is simple. Listen to your heart, get to know it, trust it and follow it. That's it. And it's scary. It doesn't mean it's not, you know, it doesn't take courage sometimes, which, you know, comes from that word coraje or core, which means heart. You know, it's interesting way to look at courage is coming from your heart. Right. But being able to trust your heart um, amidst everything. And I think the second thing is something I, I've said already. Um, give yourself a break. You're doing great. You don't need to. I mean, it's easier said than done listening to me, but I promise I saw my 10,000th client a couple of years ago. I've seen lots of people in lots of situations, and I have never met someone that isn't just killing it. Honestly, yeah, we, we have all these things and challenges, but we get so caught up worrying about how we could be better. The whole self-help movement is that I'm part of that. But hopefully there's voices like me and you and others that are saying, hey, the best way to self-help is to just recognize you're good where you're at and to trust your heart and follow it. And then my last advice is um, don't be ashamed for being happy. Ah, good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, you know. Each, it's almost like sometimes we look for ways to be a little less happy because we feel guilty or shame around happiness. Mm -hmm. And happiness isn't the goal. Um, I think there's beauty in sadness, and loneliness, and jealousy, and all these textures of life. Um, but for some reason, we sometimes play happiness and bliss down. Um, Think of the times that you're the happiest, you're the most bliss, you're in that flow. A lot of you that are gifted listening, you know when that is, and you're in the zone. Eat that up, embrace it, and let that spread into your life. Let that be your compass. So ah, that's those beautiful. are things that are on my heart. <laughs> ah, those are beautiful. Those are beautiful. Um, so I have a couple more questions, and then because I'm being respectful of your time, because you're so gen you've been so generous already. Um, and these are more kind of personal, I guess. Um, right. uh, the first one is you've traveled all over the world and you have had a ton of experiences. And so I'm always curious on the most memorable food you've eaten. Memorable food. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, well I, I would have to say in Bali. Um, I, I spent about a month in Ubud, Bali. And Ubud, I don't know if you guys know, some of you probably do. It's actually where the ley lines of the masculine and feminine ley lines of the planet cross. Mm -hmm. There's two places in the planet that they cross. They, they cross in um, Ubud, Bali, and they cross in the Sacred Valley of Peru. Yes. And this, this stems from the heart chakra, which is uh, Rosalind area in Scotland. And all three of those areas are super special to me. And when I lived in Bali for that month, I mean, it might sound, it may sound strange, but I just ate tons of dragon fruit. <laughs> and why was that so memorable? It felt so high frequency, high energy that I felt like I could live on this alone. And it just raised my vibration in such a way with the water and the plants and the 
flowers and the people are so beautiful and that that masculine feminine integration of you know, getting away from this polarity and divisiveness that we sometimes have i know that's why we're here partly to deal with that but feeling that union of the heart in what i ate at looking at this dragon fruit and the dragon fruit if you look at it it's pink and white and there's symbolism there um and there's there's actually red in there too so if you're in if you're you're familiar with like the magdalene work or mary magdalene old school gnostic christianity stuff i'm a i'm a i geek out on that type of stuff i like looking at old cultures and stuff and 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 white represents um male energy red represents the female energy and the pink is the union pink mm -hmm. is always the union and so i remember eating that thinking oh wow yeah this makes sense i'm in union i'm feeling integrated and this dragon fruit physically represented represents that and it tastes so good i could eat that all day long <laughs> i love dragon fruit and i love that feeling of it i was in the sacred valley of peru and where we stayed is is um everyone was having these amazing dreams and everything and then they started explaining how everything crosses and what goes right over where we were staying but nobody knew it before we got oh, wow. we were just staying at this really great place that, that a shaman had picked out for us that should have been a clue but it wasn't you know i didn't think about it one way or the other and i'm like why am i having all these dreams what is this what's going on what are all these revelations and then the lady who owned the place um was sharing it with us and i'm like wow that's like really, it was a better trip than I expected because of some of those things. And I'm kind of glad I didn't know before I went. I just went because yeah. I knew I was supposed to go. And it was this delightful, yummy surprise in the middle of everything else I was already anticipating. That was amazing. It was an amazing time. So your last question of this okay. conversation is, and this is, this is the one that almost everybody listens to the end of the show for. Okay. It, it's very interesting. Um, if we were going to put a billboard up, the whole world's going to read it with your personal quote on it. What's on your billboard? Yeah, it's a, that's simple. Be you. <laughs> be you. Probably the simplest one we've had, but it's perfect. So would there be a period or like an exclamation point or no punctuation? Just a period. Just a be period. You. Be simple. you. There's nothing. It's, it's not it's not that you know i've studied so many theories of i'm a chaos theory maniac systems theory blah 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 blah. you can get super complex simple just be you be you ah oh, perfect jared thank you so much for being on the show with us today this has yeah. been really amazing i appreciate it so much yeah thank you i appreciate you too okay remember everybody put your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you because you're a rock star you're here on purpose with a purpose. So go out there and as Jared says, be you. Till the next episode, if someone gets me, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.